I'm Sonia. I'm the communications officer for Soft UK. I've known Soft UK for a while because I'm also a trisomy parent. Uh, I started off as a volunteer with them and enjoyed working with Soft and the team and getting to know other trisomy families. So I got more involved with the charity itself. I'm here with uh, Jemima, who has a little girl called Callie. And she's going to be speaking to us about her journey with Callie and how she's found shielding and the whole pandemic with having Callie around. So welcome, Jemima. Thank you so much for joining us. Do you want to give us a quick introduction and tell us a little bit about Callie? Callie is six and a half. She was diagnosed with full trisomy 18 or Edwards syndrome. Yeah, she's a she's a brilliant little character. <laughs> Quite a lot going on medically. I would definitely put her at the more complex end of the spectrum of children of her age she's here and she's enjoying life and you know making family life very rich and sometimes challenging for us how was it at the beginning of the pandemic when we all got locked down how how, how did you all find that well our beginning was quite difficult because we locked down a little bit before because Callie, Callie became unwell with a cold. It was a cold that lasted and lasted. So for about the first five or six weeks, she was really quite unwell and we couldn't get her better. And it was quite scary because it was obvious at that point that nobody wanted Callie to go to hospital. You might remember at the beginning, we, we didn't know how yeah. it was going to affect children, whether the hospitals were overwhelmed. We were imagining that all Callie's doctors might be seconded into adult care. We were imagining that if we took her, they might not treat her. There might not be capacity. So it was a it was a really difficult start to lockdown for us, and it took a really long time for Callie to to kind of kick this illness and two lots of antibiotics. So so ours started on a very difficult note, which meant that what went we did we did get the opportunity to enjoy things once that was through but the beginning was was very difficult because we were very scared about where the illness was going and what would happen if she needed hospital. So you managed to keep her at home you didn't take her in at all? No we managed to keep her at home and our our local hospice supported us with with all of our medical questions and yeah she she didn't need hospital but it just felt like it dragged for a long time and we were we were scared We'd never seen it take so long to recover from a, a cold that hadn't needed hospital, if you see what I mean. Yeah, of course. And did other members of the family get ill from that as well? And uh, Well, it started, as is often the case, my other daughter had a cold and it, it wasn't particularly severe for her, although she was, she was, she was a moderately bad cold. Um, myself and my partner, we felt, we didn't know. I mean, we were wondering if it could have been covid we were both exhausted and we didn't know if our symptoms were symptoms or just exhaustion. You know, it was a very difficult, unknown time, to be honest. I think everybody felt like that at the beginning as well. As soon as anyone started coughing or had even sort of a minor symptom, you just you don't know whether it would be just a common cold or if it could be COVID. And, and especially for you guys, you just didn't want anything to be passed on to Callie. No. Trisomy children are so unpredictable, so you just don't know how they're going to react to certain infections. Yes, yeah, exactly. And we knew that Callie has compromised lungs and difficulty sleeping without... Well, she, she needs she needs interventions to help her sleep because she has obstructive sleep apnea. So she has a heart condition as well. And we just thought that would all add up to her not doing well if she got COVID. That's what we thought then. And of course, all of our support disappeared around that time as well. The people that would come into the house to give us a bit of time off. So it was very intense. 
Yeah, sounds like it was hands on deck. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned the support. Did the hospitals try and intervene at any point? No, I mean, all our advice was from Callie's consultants and the hospice that we use we didn't speak to a doctor but yeah mm-hmm. normally when she's unwell we would have we would have had some relief from someone coming in to help care for her yeah. but we weren't able to access that this time so she managed to kick it herself and just carry on after a few weeks just took a longer time she took a long time it took two lots of antibiotics and actually her lungs don't seem to have fully recovered since then she started needing oxygen at night which she didn't before and I, I don't understand what happened then but yeah she has kicked it and she's she's recovered from cold since and I guess it's more of a worry now we're going into winter yes definitely are you shielding again at the moment have you really ever come out of it well we did come out of it towards the end of August we had to have people in the house because I I couldn't look after the children by myself so we Mm -hmm. came out of it in in August and also my youngest daughter was starting school so we wanted to we knew that she was going to be mixing so we wanted to try and enjoy ourselves a little bit before and and, and we're not shielding now, we're just cautious because we don't we don't know how COVID will affect Callie. And it seems the medics are fairly optimistic that her age will help protect her. But of course, as you say, children with trisomy 18 and trisomy 13 are very unpredictable in how they respond to anything. So how do your other daughter found it being at home? Well, at the beginning with lockdown, just being at home with everybody. And, and now she's gone off to school for the first time. She's she's amazing, actually, my other daughter. She's very resilient. She, I mean, she left her preschool very suddenly and never went back. And she, she was very cheerful throughout lockdown, mostly. Although you would see you would see it in sudden outbursts of, of anger. You know, you could tell that something was going on underneath the surface, but that maybe she doesn't have the, the words or the experience to, to, to understand it. And, and, you know, she's she's started school and had having the, the time of her life, actually, being out of the family home where people are always talking about germs and being careful and washing hands and being at school where, where she can just be herself and be a young child. But then, unfortunately, two weeks ago, her bubble popped and she's she's been at home with us for two weeks. It's very hard on siblings and very hard for parents who have got two children or more children with, with such different needs. Yeah. I spend much time worrying about Alba as I do about Kelly. How do you juggle it? How do you manage it? Um, well, I often feel I, I don't, <laughs> but uh, I, I do my best. I'm, I have to be very, very organised. I try and make activities where I'm getting things done into something that Alba can join into. I try and sit near Callie when we're playing with Alba, but, mm-hmm. but Callie needs one on, one-on-one support and she can't see far and she can't hear well. So I ha- always have to be close to Callie for her to be getting anything from me. And it, it is a struggle, but we mm-hmm. just try and do the activities that we can do that we all enjoy, like walking in woods and watching films and just, you know, being together, sitting together. After dinner, we nearly always have family cuddle, we call it, where the four of us will sit on the settee and Callie will sit on one of us and Alba will sit on the other and we just try and have some nice time together, which we can all enjoy. Oh, that sounds lovely. I think I'm going to have to adopt that. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. It's like, yeah, we, we take the evening slowly. It takes us a long time. What, what would you say your positives have been through, through lockdown, having more time together? And I, I remember I wrote in, in the blog that I wrote Softer that, that I don't feel like I've ever been as close to my family as I was over lockdown. We did some great things together. We walked, we did a sponsored walk and raised nearly £2,000 for the hospice, which was great for Alba to see what we could achieve um, as a family. And, you know, we, we had some lovely days out. We spent time together. 
at times, you know, at times it wasn't so different from our normal life of being careful. And it was very difficult. But I do appreciate that we got precious time with Callie that we wouldn't have got if she'd been at school. And, you know, we never know how long that precious time is going to last. So there's always a good argument for putting lockdown in a in a positive light. Yeah, absolutely. I think you have to take the positives out of it after all, because we just don't know how long it's going to last. So That's right. We should take it to our advantage and, you know, just use it wherever we can. So yeah. Callie's not back at school. She is back at school. She's loved being back at school, which really showed me quite how hard lockdown was for her. She didn't. It was impossible to give Callie what she needed. We did our best. Some days were better than others, but you know, it's 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 very difficult to give a child like Callie the, the attention they need because you need to be close to her all the time. And um, she's been she was so happy when she went back to school and her skills have improved. She's she's really happy at the moment. For us, taking that risk of sending her to school is is worth it because we know that she's having a really good time. Oh, good. I'm so glad to hear that. And it sounds like she's a lot more resilient than we think. And she'll be fine if this happens again or, you know, we get pushed into another lockdown. Down. do you think yeah. there'll be anything else you'll do differently if that did happen I think I would I would try and get support in I, I, I think we went too long without any support I would I would use our direct payment I would have the night care there because once it got to a point when Cody and myself were just too exhausted by day in day out no respite and from family illness and you know just the kind of unrelentingness of it if we'd had some support then I think we could have remained a happier family for more of the time and so I would I would find somebody who was low risk and ask them to come in and, and help look after Callie so that we all got a break from each other so that we could all enjoy each other more when we were together. Yeah, I think that is so important to look after yourself as well, because if you're not mentally able or physically, you're not going to be any use to Callie or Alba, are you? That's right. You know, as well as carrying a feeling of guilt that you're not doing a good enough job and unable to take that downtime you need in order to, to kind of recuperate yeah. a bit. And I found that by August, we were we were pretty raggedy. We made it. We've recovered. Yeah. Sound like you've done a great job, um, Jemima. You're not giving yourself enough credit, honestly. You. you shouldn't. You shouldn't think that you haven't done a uh, haven't done good by them because they sound great. They sound happy and healthy, and that's all you want. Yeah, that they're, they're both brilliant. I think it's just important to get good advice about how vulnerable your child is. Statistically, not many children have died in COVID. And those ones that have, some of them have had complex needs and some of them haven't. Some of them are in hospital anyway. And it's about being realistic. You have to make your own decision. But it could be that flu or a cold are more of a threat to Kelly and that they're things that we've been living with for a long time. And we've been given the advice to just try and get on with life as much as possible. And that's what we're going to do. And every family is different. Some families will feel they have the capacity to, to shield and on and on whereas I think as a family we've taken the decision that that we're going to live, live a cautious existence but we're not going to hide indefinitely and we're not we're not going to stay in the house indefinitely um, so I think just try and get really good advice um, and then try and make a decision about what's best for all of your family and try and remember always that whatever happens you're just making the decisions that you can make at that point with the resources you have and with the experience and wisdom that you have and if it turns out to feel like the wrong decision then you made it at the time with good faith and I think trust only families are, are used to making those kind of decisions anyway so that's right but for newer yeah. families it can be very difficult thank you so much for joining us Jemima um, you're welcome Thank you.